I guess I want to ask you how you're feeling. I'm uh, I'm feeling good. Are you? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. I uh, I was. And you take you take the majority of this stuff, right? It's a lot for one person to take on, right? So interested to think about how you've, you're digesting this and yeah. breaking it down. All the attention. It's just like for any human being taking on a lot of attention. Yeah. Um. Is 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 a lot, right? Because you're a human, no matter what. Right. So trying to understand how you're breaking that stuff down, I think is interesting. I haven't even really asked you today. Welcome to an all new episode of Suiting Up Podcast. As many of you may know, this is a show that explores the psychology, playbook of tools and strategies, the most influential people in sports, entrepreneurship, and entertainment. And yes, we've been absent for the past two weeks, where the latest two pods featured entrepreneurs Rudy Klein Thomas and Tony Robbins. If you haven't, you should listen. But this week, if you're a lacrosse or broader sports fan, you might already know. It was a big one for us. My colleagues, which comprise over 140 of the world's best professional lacrosse players in the world, joined by my co-founder and CEO, Mike Rabel, launched the Premier Lacrosse League. In short, the PLL is a revolutionary tour-based professional lacrosse league where next June through September, six teams made up of the best players and coaches in the world will set off along a full regular season, all-star break, playoffs to compete for a PLL championship. The major part of the news was that we launched with a major media rights deal with NBC Sports Group, where all of our games will be broadcasted with NBC throughout the season, being featured on both TV and digital. It's exciting times, and over the next few weeks on the show, we'll be talking about it. As we thought through the process with today's guest, we decided, why not? Let's just reflect on opening day. So here's my conversation with PLL co-founder and CEO, Mike Rabel. What time is it? 9.30, and we're back here in Brooklyn, New York. I'm sitting with my first ever repeat guest for Student Up Podcast, my older brother, Mike, now business partner, now CEO of the Premier Lacrosse League and co-founder. What's going on? Honored. Honored for all those things. We're also sitting in a room with Tyler Steinhardt and Brett Roberts. They had an incredible uh, impact on our launch today. It happened earlier this morning. And I think you all, if, if you are immediate listeners, are probably 24 to 48 hours out from when we hit record. So why don't we start with, since it's late at night here on launch day, why don't we start with the first thing we did in the morning, Mike? Can you remember your wake up to first move out the door? Uh, man, I think I asked you a lot about what live TV is like. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I have never done live TV. I've done like streaming TV to like channels that no one watches. Nothing like new, nothing like Bloomberg. And I think that that was intense for me. Um, and so I think uh, you know, the morning consisted of, and I know last night consisted of me spending time with you, asking you what live TV is like yeah, and what to be prepared for. And you were like, it's just TV. It's just bigger cameras and than the vlog they'll cameras ask we you, have in front of us now. Yeah. Like all the fundraising we've done, all the conversations <laughs> we've had with sponsors, um, conversations with players, the con- these questions that they'll ask you on TV will be far less complex. Right. And so that, uh, that gave me a little bit, uh, more steadfastness when we're moving through the process today. Yep. 8 a.m., the dot-com article on Bloomberg hit the terminal um, called Wall Street Fraternity 
invests in uh didn't love that paul rabel's professional lacrosse league <laughs> well what we do know and and uh scott soshnik i thought i thought did a great job of covering they crushed it, it for it, us the car wash everything they it, did was incredible it was amazing um but but you, you you say that for for the right reason because um while wall street is such a critical piece of why we're able to pull this off from an investment standpoint financing uh advisors even players who are going to be a part of the PLL are yeah. on Wall Street right now. It's it's always been directly tied to the evolution of a college lacrosse player into their professional uh, stratosphere. And what we've done is now change that so that players don't just moonlight as professional lacrosse players anymore. They're full-time professional lacrosse players. But Bloomberg speaks to Wall Street. So uh, what we're especially sensitive around and what we're attacking outright in our media strategy are stereotypes associated with lacrosse yep. and that being an elite sport and often Wall Street has that connotation. A so, New England sport, a sport along I-95 corridor, uh, a prep school sport. Those are things that we are actively going to be breaking down and telling the story of all the incredible players that we have that aren't part of those societies. And it's nothing against those societies. I mean, we're from Maryland. You, uh, we're, we're product of public schools. And, um, but at the same time, uh, you know, we have to open up the eyes of, of folks to understand the diversity that is actually playing this game and, uh, and, and really make sure that people know that it is an, it is an accepting community. Yeah, we're going to be officed in L.A. and New York. In L.A., the cultural diversity has gone from primarily white players to now uh, just below 50% white players, now 30% Hispanic, 25% African-American. Uh, so it's leveled out yeah. in, in a uh, in, in a really meaningful way. And, and we know the case even in Baltimore is 50-50 white African-American. In New York, it's, it's, great. it's culturally diversifying as well. It's incredible. Uh, so back to this morning's timeline, 8 a.m., the dot-com hits. And uh, we were with our team and had spent most of the preceding three weeks building out our, our launch strategy, specifically around digital. And shout out to uh, Katie Scott, who... Uh, back in Baltimore, did a great job on yeah. the PLL splash page, and uh, Tyler and Brett, who are here, as I'd mentioned, um, you know what we talked about. When, when are we going to flip the light switch for social media, for digital? Post uh, the the dot com article on Bloomberg. So we uh, gave it about a two hour window to live on its own, and then DKC and Brendan Prunty and Matt Trauber with us today. There are PR. Um, they sent out the official press release to all of the media outlets, major and endemic to lacrosse, um, and non-endemic. And, uh, and then we pressed play and we were live. Yep. And then, uh, about 30 minutes thereafter, I went up to Bloomberg for our first trip for the Bl Bloomberg sports business podcast, your morning sweep. We spent it apart. What did you do? Uh, and, and I guess what is your typical day like now uh, overseeing the operations and, and development of the business? Yeah, so uh, what did I do this morning? Most of it was um, looking at notes, uh, points that we wanted to hit uh, on our media tour today, and then headed to the office uh, with Mick Davis, who runs um, Rabel Events and, and PLL Youth, and uh, prep for our, our, our Monday meeting, yep. uh, which is a really important meeting where we kind of uh, level set across the business and business unit leaders give updates on what they're building. Um, and so I always take that meeting very seriously and try to review each person's area 
Um, and, and it's just really important to make sure that, yes, today was a launch, and, and this is taking nothing away from the launch because it was incredible, and the guys in this room, <laughs> the ones responsible for it, had zero to do with it. Um, but it, the, the business also has to keep moving, and we're building something. And so it's important to keep our eye on the executional tasks. Um, and so that was really important for us to make sure we had that meeting. It felt good to be you know, in, the, in the room with the guys because I spend most of my time on the West Coast, and so most of our team right now is uh, in New York, uh, which will be, you know, over time transitioning out west. But um, it was good to do that and then started getting prepared for, for the media tour after that. And, and that's our weekly all-up meeting where, yep. where everyone that oversees the different business units comes to the table. And the goal is to share a brief update on what we're working on, but essentially describe uh, areas of their business unit where they could receive some additional help or yep. questions, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean – the goal really is, you know, when you're, when you run a, a sports league and you're building a sports league, there's just so much to do. Um, and so it's really what we try to do is open up uh, the Komodo, so to speak, of each person's business unit and allow them to share their updates uh, and allows and, and have other people reflect or make comments or say, hey, I'd love to help you on that and encourage that collaboration. Um, encouraging uh, creativity is one of our values at the PLL. And I think a lot of it stems from from that, in particular, that meeting that we have. If you're anything like me, your workout is one of the most revitalizing and important parts of your day. Here are the keys to a great workout. Plenty of water, a healthy diet, proper form, and the quality of your sleep. Did you know a third of Americans aren't getting good sleep? And Molecule Sleep Products are here to change that. Molecule was air-engineered to create the sleekest and coolest mattress in the world. They have proprietary open-cell foam technology that works to achieve up to three times the airflow of the nearest competitor. And they also have the coolest bed sheets out there. With a unique blend of cotton and tensile, they can offer unmatched softness and durability for the ultimate comfort and cooling experience. So Molecule helps you bring your A-game. But not just during those workout days, during every night of your rest, as Super Bowl-winning quarterback Russell Wilson and Olympic gold medalist Nasia Lukin. Even renowned neurologists and sleep doctors agree that Molecule Sleep products are for anyone striving to maximize their performance. And because you're a student of podcast listener, you're probably trying to maximize your performance too. So I'm going to give you $250 off any Molecule mattress or $50 off any Molecule sheet set if you go to onmolecule.com forward slash suiting up to begin the best sleep of your life. That is onmolecule.com forward slash suiting up. Molecule. Optimal sleep for ultimate performance. Today's episode is brought to you by PayPal. With PayPal, you can rely on trusted payment partners that process over 25 million payments per day. So when it comes to growing your business, PayPal is your best and most qualified payments partner for today and tomorrow. When we founded Rabel Companies, we opened up a PayPal account. And when my co-founder Mick Davis and I launched Rabel Events, home to the Rabel Tour, Rabel Overnight, Defensive Academy, and Scotty Rogers Goalie Training, we open the transaction doors for PayPal. Visit paypal.com forward slash growth to set up your business account today. And if you sign up at paypal.com forward slash growth today, it's free. PayPal, because you have to. What we also do, uh, or you do this leading into our weekly meeting, which is typically on a Monday. It changes from time to time because, as you said, we have operators in San Francisco, L.A., and New York, uh, is you announce an Operator of the Week award, and yeah. you send out 
uh, a an email on Sunday for all of us to submit our nominees. Yeah. What went into the creation of that? So I think, you know, how we think about it is a lot of, there's just so much that's done on a week to week basis that stopping to reflect and recognize the work that's being done uh, is really, really important. And so I wanted to align that recognition uh, and tie it to a value. So our values at the PLL are uh, one through five. We have five of them. First one, stay grounded. Uh, the second one's, as I mentioned earlier, encourage creativity. The third one is think critically. The fourth one is persevere through the noise. And the fifth one is operate like an owner. And so I wanted to try to find and create an award that tied to one of those really well that could be done week over week. And so I thought, I, I thought, I think a lot about operate like an owner. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everyone that's, t that's tied and is spending meaningful time on this business is an owner. They have options in the business and equity in the business. Um, and so it's a pretty powerful thing to say, hey, were you operating like an owner right there? You know, and it can be used in a management conversation. It can be used in a um, outbound sales call. It can be used uh, cross-functionally, right? And so um, it can be used with our players too. Hey, were you, were you thinking like an owner? You're an owner. Right? Were you operating like owner there? So, anyway, I wanted to come up with something like that. And, and so, how we think about it is, you know, from for the operator award, who is going above and beyond? Who is really embodying that operator mentality? They're like this thing. I own a piece of it because you do, and I'm doing a ton of work and doing my best to help my teammates. And so that's what the operator award is about. It's really who's someone who's stretching themselves. And this week it was Tyler. Tyler Steinhardt just was an absolute beast yeah. throughout everything he was doing. And it was, I never seen, I think it was a unanimous vote. I mean, over 15 submissions uh, for him and all the work he was doing. And he was just like a garbage disposal. He He's just sitting like, here right now. Yeah. And that's and, why I'm saying that. And he was, and he was he, the, the co-builder of this podcast. Yeah. I mean, he does everything. He, I've never, <laughs> and now back to the podcast. <laughs> so we also had. Tyler sponsoring this episode. <laughs> So we, uh, we, we, we put our socks and shoes on and went out the door and went over to Bloomberg again, second time then for me today, first for you. And we got live on Bloomberg TV and then live on Bloomberg Radio yep. and uh, thought it went pretty well. Yeah. What'd you think? I mean, you're a pro. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I like have told you, I, I told, uh, I told our, our internal comms team and our, uh, our PR agencies that uh, we... Uh, you know, I, I don't need to be ever in any media, right? This is like, let the people that are that are great at this do this. And, um, you know, I, I want to be just making a great business for our players, for our fans, and for our shareholders. It's the most important thing for me. Yeah. And so the more time I have to execute with our awesome team, um, then the better. And they were like, now it's important for you to get out there. So, I mean, for me, it's just like I, I learn a lot from you on that stuff and, and how you handle yourself and prepare too. You're, you prepare a ton. People think that you get up there on TV and you wing it. Like you told me a couple of days ago, you're like, write down your thoughts. And this isn't the first time I've done, you know, when I was at funding circle, I would, yep. you know, I'd do the circuit, but nothing like live TV where you don't know what they're going to ask you. Right. When I would go on panels, they would submit the questions to me. Yeah. And so it was great. I would just have the, I would just like have all the questions and I could just sort of ad lib on top of that with some like facial expressions mm -hmm. and just nail it. And this stuff is very different. So, 
Yeah, I, I'll give a, another shout out to another guest who's been, who have been on the show, uh, Colin and Samir, and they've been really helpful on the creative front, especially early days uh, in building the PLL. And Samir had always told me, "Hey, television is no different than what you're doing now." And frankly, for our younger audience that's active on Instagram or Instagram Stories or Snapchat, is that cameras are ubiquitous. They're on our phone. And sometimes they're on a Joby in, in the form of a in form of a vlog, and, and so Samir said the only thing that's different is that the camera size is bigger. He was like, "You're in front of your your vlog cam, B Rob's vlog cam, and your phone when you talk to it on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter every single day. So strip out all of the lights, and you're talking to a camera." Yep. And I always thought that was good advice. It's a good way to break it down. Yeah. So we head, uh, we head back and we get to the office and then we, we probably carved out three to four hours of deep work. You had uh, individual meetings and hosted a couple of, uh, I, I guess, on the strategic ops side and, and, and biz dev side. So um, we hopped on uh, the uh, L train, got back here to Brooklyn, uh, got family style Lebanese food and have been uh, kind of doing a postmortem here before flipping on the record button. Yep. And, and that was our day. It was atypical because now we're launched and we're public and hence why we're doing this and pressing record and, and going to publish. Yep. What I want to get into now for the second half of, of this conversation, at least with many more to come, I suspect, is talk about the build as I think that's been at least somewhat of, of uh, the lion's share of, of conversation we found on, on Twitter, which... As a side note, I spoke uh, to the Johns Hopkins uh, undergrads, men and women, in New York City on Friday night, and I and I gave them an opportunity to ask some questions. And young Matt Stagnita asked a question of how I think about marketing and how I execute on social media. And without going through all of those points, breaking it down pretty simply into three areas, you know, what is your why? And then what are your goals is one and two, and you can formulate a pretty good strategy. The third one is just like go out there and create. And the best thing about social media is you get instantaneous feedback. Mm -hmm. So you post and you get a response. And that can be done through a number of levels of engagement, whether it's liked, commented, shared in a number of different ways. So we pay attention to that, especially on a day like today. And and one of the things that comes back consistently is tour versus city-based. And what we talked about today on Bloomberg TV, and I'll let you go with it, is as entrepreneurs, what we did is took an open canvas and just wiped the slate clean in a way and said, if we were to build a major modern team sports league, given what we have in front of us with lacrosse, its current audience size, number of participants, taking a really practical approach, what's the best way to secure the players, get a media deal? build a season, honor the uh, integrity of, of a competitive sports league. And, uh, and we made those decisions and got to our place here. How did, how did you approach it? And what were some of the things that jump out at you when you reflect? Yep. So we thought about it in kind of four key components. The first one is the players we had to attract and work with uh, the best players in the world. And we yep. feel very honored and humbled to have the roster that we have. Uh, that was table stakes. Um, and a big way to do that was to provide ownership to them, which I think I'm really proud of. And I know you're proud as well. Yeah. Something that, you know, making sure those guys have the opportunity to, to uh, go on this incredible journey with us. Um, second thing was distribution, right? Like getting the amount of T 
TV coverage that we are going to have was absolute table stakes as well. Um, and, you know, having half of our games available in over 83 million homes is something that's never been done before in our sport. Yeah. And we think it's going to allow a lot of net new fans to view. And then on top of that, you look at NBC as a partner and what they do and how they get behind and how they promote their assets like the NHL. Um, and how they helped really build that Tour de France, years, Tour de France Olympics, yeah, the Premier NFL, League, Premier League, PGA, yep. right? Like they just really get behind stuff, and so they're also innovative with production. You've seen the recent stuff they've done uh, on Sunday Night Football yep. uh, with some of the field goal stats, and that stuff is the type of thing that we need to bring to our game is new technology, but also changing the way people are used to watching live sports. Um, and getting underneath the helmet, something that you and I talk a lot about is like, how can we do that in a live game? Yeah. And that's something that we're going to be doing because we have a lot of different ideas behind that. So, and then- so I want to stay on, on NBC because this process was unique. We met with all of the major networks, the digital platforms, and uh, the president of NBC, John Miller, and then Mike Perman and, and the rest of the group there, even on the production side. Um, they came to the table with more linear programming which we felt like when you say linear it's it's television programming so games uh, more than one a weekend on average 19 of them are going to be on television uh, will be covered throughout the entire season of PLL and that's never been done before in professional lacrosse league history and even consistently across conferences in college lacrosse to get this level of distribution yep where one of the major problems in professional lacrosse and even lacrosse as a whole is consistency where do I find these games? Validation. Is it going to be on television? We talk about a large portion of our audience is millennials and Gen Zs, and they're digitally native. And people say, well, they're going to be on the digital platforms. Uh, Bloomberg TV asked us to that today. Yep. And yeah, they are. But nothing gives sport validation more than television, more than quality production on television, too. And that's yep. what you're talking about. And, and yeah, there's a lot of people watching on their second screen. There's also a lot of people who don't in the yep. middle of the country. Uh, that, that we don't talk about or think about. And, and they are just um, as uh, as important to us as a league as the ones on the coast who are, who are watching their second screen. And so, you know, this game, you know, we will have games available um, on NBC Gold, which is their OTT platform. Yep. And so those will be available for everyone. But on there are also, device and- there's also people that only watch TV. And, and those are the net new fans. Our biggest goal is to bring net new fans to the game of lacrosse. Yeah. That drives up the value for everyone involved with this. And so you know, that, that linear exposure, that television exposure is absolutely important. Today's episode is brought to you by Glip. It's a software app that gives companies unlimited access to file sharing and task management for free. Glip can benefit your org through the means of the following. Collaboration on files, creating and managing tasks to deliver projects faster, screen sharing to collaborate instantly with your teams and clients, and unlimited access to messaging, number of users, storage, and more. Now here's some additional fodder for you and your team to think through before you try the service. Number one, 64% of Glip users deliver projects faster than before. And number two, 88% of Glip users are more informed about their organization's projects. Now, On a broader marketplace standpoint, 63% of employees say that collaboration and communication are the most important factors contributing to a company's success. So listen, as a business and team leader, I have to take into account data. And in this case, all point towards culture, communication, and workplace efficiencies. And we found that Glip helps get you there. So try it for yourself by accessing Glip on the go, by downloading the iOS and Android apps, or by using their web-based app. 
And right now, because you're a Student Up Podcast listener, you can sign up for a free Glip account and get unlimited access to team messaging, task management, file sharing, and more. Go to glip.com forward slash Rabel. That's G-L-I-P.com forward slash Rabel. Well, one more comment I want to have before we go to your point three and four is that NBC flagship. So this is their, the main NBC channel is hosting two of our games, one on Father's Day weekend in June and the, and the PLL championship uh, in September. That's 110 million homes they have access to of the close to 120 million total f- households that have broadcast television. So they're, they're the largest major network channel available. It will then be the largest platform lacrosse is on on an annual basis. And that's pretty awesome to say on the start of this league that we're putting the best players in the world on, on as many screens, more screens than anyone else at any other moment throughout the year. No doubt. No doubt. We're, we're honored and humbled to be able to say that. Yep. Um, and I think that's, you know, gives us the type of, of rocket fuel we're looking for. And then, you know, just to build on kind of the other points quickly um, before we move on is, um, you know, back to that blank slate, we thought a lot about, again, how do we bring this game, uh, especially the live game? Because when you're down on a field watching a lacrosse game, it is fast and it is intense. Yep. And we need to bring that live game to everyone. And so when you look at a lot of, uh, you know, the big four, for example, or even even the big five, um, they have teams in over 30 markets, right? Yep. And you can't do that right away with an emerging sport like lacrosse. And so, you know, how do we give fans access to our game um, and through, we thought the tour based model was, was a good way to do that. And, you know, it doesn't disrespect sort of civic affinity and local affinity, fan affinity. Um, uh, but we will eventually address that. And we think we can address that through all you know, of the things that you're going to be building on the media team and building out these personalities and building out individual team identities. These are six autonomous teams that we'll be building out identities and cultures with. And, uh, we have a lot of exciting things to announce around those, but, um, yeah, we thought as, as lacrosse participation and interest continues to grow from East to West, emerging pockets in the Pacific Northwest to the Midwest to out in the Bay area, Southern California, that if you're only in, in our case, with six teams, six markets, or in other professional lacrosse leagues in the history, fewer than 10 or a dozen, you're actually ostracizing most of your lacrosse audience. Yep. So by not tying those specific cities, now we're becoming a national sport overnight, which uh, I was originally against. And you were the one uh, pushing me to think differently around it because I grew up as a fan of the Washington Redskins, and yep. the Washington Capitals, and the well, Washington Bullets that then turn in uh, to the Wizards. It's just changing, right? I mean, if you think about it, right? So a couple of things. 56% of our fans are under the age of 18. And from our own, own data, half of those fans care more about the players and the teams they play on. Yep. And so that was like a leading principle for us. And um, we did a bunch of research on that. Second thing was, um, if you look at even just sort of in, in the biggest sports in the world, you know, with LeBron James, his shift around m- multiple teams, the NBA, um, you know, look at the Lakers tickets now. They're 3x what they were opening night based on his him being on the Lakers. Just right? last year. Just last year. Um, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Juventus, you know, since him joining in July, over 50% growth on, across their social channels. People follow players now. And so we really wanted to develop something on top of that, that, that we could build on that for lacrosse. And, and so, um, 
you know, and then I guess the last piece just to address it quickly was, um, was venues, right? So a big issue with starting a league is that you have to go out and build a venue, which is requires a ton of capital. And, or and you zone. take a lease out on an existing, you take a lease out on an existing venue and you stick, you have to stick to a schedule. And so we thought what made the most sense was to be able to travel, uh, and handpick a lot of these great new venues that have been built recently, especially in the MLS, um, and, and leverage the new build they have, the new technology for the broadcast, the uh, great aesthetics, the good locations, um, and be able to work with them in partnership to roll out a great experience, a viewing experience. Okay, so to put a bow on this, there are four areas that you hit on. The best players in the world, the distribution, the city dilemma where we're in fewer cities currently in the professional game is that exposure to fewer cities. So how can we become a national sport with six teams? We're hitting that and then solving for the venue challenges. What we talk about often in the Premier Lacrosse League is league. And for this thing to uh, hit on all cylinders, it needs to live in the competition at the same level of major sports leagues. So these six independent teams where we'll have team formations. Every year we'll have college drafts. We'll have player waiver wires and trades controlled by front offices, uh, coaches, all the way down through. The teams will have their unique names and cultures that are built around them. We'll build fandom around them. But ultimately it comes down to the game on the field and what's on the line. So a full regular season slate of games, an all-star break in the midway point to reward the first half best players of the season to playoffs all vying for the PLL championship. That was uh, that was a core fabric of, of, of building the premier lacrosse league competition is critical. And, and we've been able to, uh, to, to keep that uh, competitive environment, even in the workplace. And we talked about our, uh, our all up weekly meetings with, with the group. We just really think a lot about how do we make sure that we can borrow best practices from uh, successful media companies and leagues and really apply them and apply that horsepower in their learnings so we can make faster decisions and help us see around those corners um, and, and, you know, cover our blind spots. Because we, we talk, I, at least I talk a lot about, I know you too, is like any good entrepreneur will, will recognize their blind spots. Um, and that's, you know, one of our values, right? Stay grounded. And, um, you, know, we, you know, we have to make sure that we bring on great people to, to cover those blind spots. Yep. So one of our uh, blind spots right now is that it's getting late and we're both uh, pretty fatigued. It seems like you're getting a, a bunch of calls throughout. Just For- getting, yeah, people catch it because I'm on the West Coast time, so people are calling me right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, w- I guess I want to ask you how you're feeling. I'm, uh, I'm feeling good. Are you? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. I, uh, I was... I mean, you, take, you take the majority of this stuff, right? It's a lot for one person to take on, right? So interested to think about how you've, you're digesting this and yeah. breaking it down, all the attention. It's just like for any human being taking on a lot of attention yeah. um, is, is, is a lot, right? Because you're a human no matter what. Right. So trying to understand how you're breaking that stuff down I think is interesting. I haven't even really asked you today. Yeah, well, you, I, I tell folks that are in and around the business that every day at some point, cause we talk over a dozen times a day, even when you're on the West coast is, uh, is you always ask me how I'm doing. And I know it's, it's personally checking in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, uh, you know, how are you doing today or where can I help on, yep. on, on what you're working on specifically? So I appreciate you asking that. And, and you do ask me that every day. Uh, it's hard doing this. Um, it, you pulled me out of my comfort zone of, of being a host on a podcast just there. Um, so, you know, I've, I was in performance mode. It's good. It's good for you. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I can um, flip the script. It's much easier to interview than be interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, man. Oh, Being man. interviewed is great. Yeah, I like this position. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, th- I think today went well. Uh, the, the best part of the day was getting text messages and phone calls from the guys, from the yeah. players. Yeah. Um, this is the the most fulfilling the most challenging thing that I think we've ever done. Yeah. And we often talk about uh, how this feat in its enormity would be incomprehensible for me to do without having my brother do Mm -hmm. it with me. There's a lot of conversation. I think we had this uh, discussion on our first podcast, which was how there's this, in a way, misconception that you shouldn't do business with family. Yeah. And, And, and I think much like, don't talk about religion or politics at the dinner table. It, it, the only reason people say that or don't do business with family, it, from my perspective, is, is if you're not a great communicator yeah. and you're not able to uh, show vulnerability and check in and be uh, really thoughtful and compassionate because things are hard. We've gotten in a number of fights going through this, totally. but like resetting and, and focusing on the, the important attributes of healthy communication on the flip side of it, though, is is if you embrace the communication at it, at it, in its best state, and then you get the benefit of being with your brother or a family member or a best friend that you're building a business with, man, are the rewards great. Yeah. I mean, I agree with all of that. I, th- I think someone asked, I forget who asked me, asked me the other day, is like, man, is this hard building this with your brother? Um, and I said, I, I can't imagine it doing it with anyone else. One, because I think you're just the best at it. But, uh, two, <laughs> two, um, you know, there's just so much that needs to be done all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's a bu- been a bunch of people who've said this is a heavy lift and they're right. This is a heavy lift. But if you know that your business partners have your back unequivocally, and the, even if we get on a fight and we hang up on the phone with each other, like I, I can talk to you 20 minutes later and it's still going to be fine. And you know, that, that allows us to build things faster and then you'll pick up on areas when I'm, you know, not in a pitch or, or something where I'm not on top of things because you know me so well. Or an area where I need to come over the top and, you know, get you to stop talking because uh, you, you just keep going. Right? I talk a lot. Yeah, yeah but, like, you're <laughs> good at it. But it's a, <laughs> right. But, like, you know, sometimes an area where I'll just, like, try to go off and, like, just riff. And yep. you're like, hey, man, reel it back in. You don't know this area well. That's me. Right? <laughs> and then your area, you'll just keep talking. And you're just like, hey, look, we don't even know where we are right now. But, like, right. those are just areas where we right. have known weaknesses. Right? Um, and so I think that like we can cover those things up faster and cover more ground more quickly. So that, that's like super valuable. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it's important to check in and, you know, I think, uh, mom and dad have had like, a, you know, a lot of, you know, have been helpful, but have also been like worried about us yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because we're like, you know, running hard all the yeah. time on this. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just like a good, good reminder too. Cause you know, I told you today, I was like, I think you've been doing a good job spending time with mom and dad and I haven't. Yeah. You know, um, not that the, the podcast audience cares about this that much. This is like trying to turn into the therapy after a glass of wine <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. But like, you know, I, I got to get better on that. But sometimes you just got to like figure out your priorities. But everyone deals with it. Everyone right. deals with how do you manage your priorities and what's important. Right. And so um, that's just stuff that it's, we can talk about that because we're brothers. So yeah. It's, it's helpful. Yeah. And you were showing me your, uh, your morning pages today in a way of reflection. We were both going through our notes from um, – December of 2017 into Q1 of 2018 as we were preparing for our, our Bloomberg TV segment. So 
I, I guess this is a, probably a good place to stop for now. Uh, this is a, a short series that, that I'm building called um, The Creation of the PLL, and there's no better person to start with than your co-creator of it in you. So thanks for joining, and, and I think thanks, next man. week we'll, uh, we'll bring on an investor and an advisor. Fantastic. And, we have the best and, investors and advisors. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm seriously humbled every time I even think about it. Yep. They're just so hands-on, and we welcome the hands-onness of them, right? Yep. And um, they make themselves available and they're just really incredibly knowledgeable. Yep. So I'm excited for, for you know, your podcast listeners to get a glimpse of, of what it's like to work with those people. If you enjoyed Mike and my conversation, please be sure to let us know. We're on Twitter. I'm at Paul Rabel. He's at Michael Rabel. Also follow the Premier Lacrosse League on Twitter at Premier Lacrosse. You can be the first to listen to next week's episode as well as catch on previous episodes, including my one-on-one conversation with NBA Hall of Famer, also an investor, Steve Nash. I'm giving Steve a push as he gave us a big push over Twitter unexpectedly after we launched on Monday. Thank you, Steve. His and many more, including my brother Mike and my first podcast together in San Francisco that we alluded to, are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your pods. Also, when you find us, please hit subscribe, give us a rating, and review. That kind of stuff goes a long way. Check out this episode's show notes at suitinguppodcast.com. And thank you to our show's sponsors, Molecule, Ring, and PayPal. We're grateful for your support. Anyway, hope you enjoyed the show today. Have a great evening and week ahead, everyone. Yeah.